Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Annie Cyrus is a human rights activist. She fled from Iran as a teenager. Now, as an American citizen, she's an advocate for freedom and speaks out against the abuses within Islam. She's the founder of Live Up to Freedom and producer of the Glass Off Gang. Annie, what do you mean by living up to freedom? And how can we live up to freedom when free speech is inhibited by social media as well as today's PC intolerant culture? Well, what do I mean by living up to freedom is clearly standing by our Constitution and practicing our God-given rights. That's what I mean by live up to freedom. As far as social media and censorship and PC culture, I would say, yes, there's a pressure. There's, there's also oppression there. But doesn't mean we don't have the right. We just need to be louder and we need to stop boycotting those social media and running away from them into the more comfortable social media platform because if we're not fighting our enemy in the battlefield, then we're not really fighting at all. So no matter how much pressure they put us on us, how much censorship, shadow banning, we need to keep on being on those platforms and pushing back, again, practicing our God-given rights within our Constitution. Now, I heard you speak recently, and you told attendees that it's time to rescue our country from the path we're on. And one way to do that is to speak out loud. What do we say out loud? Well, the very first thing we say is, we the people. It feels like we the people concept has faded away from our minds. It feels like we've forgotten that the government works for us. We don't have to listen to their man-made laws that goes against our constitution. So we need to repeatedly, every morning, literally, we the people, we the people, we the people, pick up the phone, call your representative, remind them if they don't do their job, which is protecting us and representing us, then we will fire them, technically. You know, if you don't vote for them, you have fired them. Then you will start, and by the way, when I say speak loudly, I don't mean shouting. I mean, we echo our concern and voice in groups. We grow in numbers. Uh, for example, right now, I'm the only one talking. If five more people were saying the same thing as I'm saying, it would have been louder. So we start uniting under the same cause, which is freedom. And then through that, we will be loud enough to be heard. And as I said, we the people, don't forget, don't let them make you feel like you have to obey them just because they are in power. So if you go to a school board meeting complaining about uh, sex ed or whatever, or maybe Muslim instruction in the public school, you should go with a few friends and speak out loudly. Exactly. Not only that, go with a few friends. But before going, put together a petition, a complaint, knock at doors, get your friends and neighbors and other students' parents' signature, show up with backing of 50, 60, 100 parents who have the same concern as you do. When it comes to Islam, I think a lot of Christians and conservatives don't speak out because they don't want to be labeled as Islamophobic. How do we get beyond that? Well, I don't think you need to get beyond anything that doesn't exist okay. because Islamophobia don't exist. 
phobia, you know, irrational fear, the fear of Islamization in our country or any Western country is real because it is in Quran, it is in Hadith, it's in Surah, and also as of right now it is on Islamic Republic of Iran's constitution, available in English, online. First page, last paragraph is, the Constitution of Islamic Republic of Iran was put together to start the foundation for global caliphate under Islamic law. So we're, we're not having this phobia. The second way to face it is, which one do you prefer? To be labeled as an Islamophobe? Or do you prefer to go to bed at night knowing you did everything you could to fight for our freedom so the next generation is going to enjoy it as much as we are doing? Well, you don't break down Islam into categories such as moderate Islam, radical Islam, and you disagree with the contention that much of Islam has been hijacked by radicals. Explain what you mean by that. Well, I don't categorize it because as an ex-Muslim, I was raised by Muslims, including my own father in a high level of leadership of Islamic society. And I was introduced to just one Islam, which was Islam. So coming from that background, I know for a fact there's just one Islam, which is the combination of Quran, Muhammad, and Hadith. That's, that's all there is to it. Now, as far as it being hijacked, again, if you read the Quran, you see all the hijackers are just following the orders within Quran, or they are doing exactly what their prophet Muhammad did. For example, beheading 800 Jews in one night, having 11 wives, having child brides, hating Jews, not accepting Christians. So where is this hijacking coming from? It's based on reality. It's 1,400 years ago, but it doesn't matter. It happened. They're just repeating it. Now, you said the word caliphate. I kind of know what that means, but I don't think a lot of people do. So what's your definition? Well, caliphate is basically one world order under Sharia. That's caliphate, which is led by a caliph who's the Islamic leader or known as supreme leader that leads every breathing human beings under Sharia. Okay. Now, as a former Muslim, I'd like to get your perspective on vaccine mandates and masking, masking in particular. What's at play here, do you think? Well, if you don't mind, I would rather answer your masking question as a reborn Christian. We are all created in God's image. They wanna cover our faces because they wanna cover God's image. That's how I look at the mask mandates. Now, you could go to my PTSD as an ex-Muslim where they put a mask on me and it takes me back to the forced hijab where I have to wear a hijab and cover myself. As far as vaccine goes, you know what, let me put it this way. As an ex-Muslim, any mandate, anything that is unconstitutional takes away my freedom and force me to do or take an action that is inhuman reminds me of my childhood where I had no willpower and everything was forced upon me to do or else. And that else was a punishment. But masking and withholding the image of God to the public, I never thought of that idea before. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Well, how is Iran 
responding to the fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban. What do you think is really going on? And I'd like to get your thoughts, too, why you think Joe Biden surrendered Afghanistan to the Taliban. Well, Islamic Republic of Iran's regime is definitely celebrating. As of right now, they have already gotten more than $80 billion of the $85 billion weaponries Biden administration left behind. So Islamic Republic of Iran now has a hold of Afghanistan. To be more specific, the opium produced in Afghanistan. Number two, they got their hands on our highest technology of weaponry that they are working towards replicating. Then they also got a good chunk of weaponry to send to Hamas so they can have better attack strategy towards Israel. That's why they are celebrating. Why did Biden administration gave away Afghanistan? A few reasons. Number one, when Taliban comes in power in Afghanistan, you have the entire connection of Afghanistan, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS-K, Hamas, and Hezbollah in power in Middle East. That means there's a very good chance that they can take America down as we know it and build their caliphate on the ashes left behind. In a way, even though Joe Biden doesn't know much about Islam or caliphate, but he would love to take down America as we know it. His entire cabal's hatred toward our freedom and liberty would definitely give him enough motive to do what he did. And you mentioned that this kind of gives them a, another step toward trying to destroy the nation of Israel. What are your thoughts there? At least from Islamic Republic of Iran's point of view, 43 years ago when uh, Ayatollah Khomeini arrived in Iran, he's the former supreme leader who invaded my motherland. The, when he gave his very first public speech, the first thing he said was, let the plan begin. We will take down the great Satan, a.k.a. America, and wipe Israel off the map. So as far as Islamic Republic of Iran is concerned, the, the end goal is for them to finish their nuclear weapon to wipe Israel off the map. For now, it's basically continue on torturing, terrorizing, and killing Jews through the weaponry by hands of Hamas. But they want to wipe Israel off the map. That's why they're anxious to finish that nuclear bomb. Hmm. You're a human rights activist. Are you doing anything inside Afghanistan now? Or can you say? Uh, yes. Our organization is uh, involved with few of let's say some of the missionaries in Afghanistan who have been trapped, we're trying to work with them. Haven't had much success, but we are working with them. And also inside America, we are working the cases of the child brides who were brought to America, but our government is not doing anything about it, not yet. DHS has put out an information that they are investigating they are looking into the age of the child, length of the marriage, to conclude if the child is facing any dangers. Well, this is Illinois Family Spotlight. We will continue our conversation with human rights activist Annie Cyrus after this. Charlie Brown didn't get much right, but Charles Schultz did. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. 
we've all seen A Charlie Brown Christmas, in which Charlie Brown messes up the Christmas play, and Linus reminds everyone what Christmas is all about. Another of my favorites is A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Poor Chuck's friends show up expecting a feast, but he and Snoopy serve them jelly beans and popcorn. Thankfully, Linus is there again to tell the true story of Thanksgiving. But it's Marcy who reminds Charlie Brown that the pilgrims at Plymouth didn't come to dinner expecting to receive something. They were there to commemorate what they'd already received life, provision, and friendship with the Wampanoags. We're better off today than they were, yet many of us will sit around the Thanksgiving table grumbling and fighting about politics. If Linus and Marcy were thankful for Charlie Brown's leftover Halloween candy, can't we take one day to thank God for our blessings? Hopefully you won't have jelly beans and popcorn for dinner, but I do hope you enjoy some peanuts this Thanksgiving. With today's Point, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here at Quentin Road Baptist Church. Annie is a human rights activist, the head of the Glassoff Gang. Tell us about your ministry, Annie. Uh, sure. So I, I put together Live Up to Freedom about 2014 and 15, but before that, starting 2008, without being a registered LLC, we've been doing rescue cases where we go in. If there are child brides, if there is a woman enslaved by Islamic marriage inside Iran, Afghanistan, uh, America, parts of Europe, we go in and we basically rescue them through proper channels. We do not break the law. And then we get them to safety or we work their cases inside America legally to get them a divorce or restraining orders. But basically our mission is to save as many women and children from Sharia and to inform those who are not aware of what a life under Sharia means for a girl or a woman. How can people come alongside, live up to freedom? I appreciate that. Of course, we always ask for prayers, but if you want to get involved in any shape or form or get educated, all you got to do is go to liveuptofreedom.com. That's liveuptofreedom.com. All right. When it comes to threats against America's freedom, Annie, many Christians and conservatives are focused on Marxism, socialism, China, Russia, the pandemic. But speaking as a Christian and as a conservative, my perception is that we have put the threat that Islam poses to our freedom on the back burner. We're making a mistake, aren't we? Yes, we are, because in history, if you look back, there are post-socialist countries. There are post-communist countries but you cannot find a post-Islamic country. In history, whenever Islam conquered, they stayed. So how do we get beyond that? How do we make this issue of Islam more of an important issue to the general public? Well, first step is education. So we need to, those who are not educated need to get educated, and people like myself and many other out there who are bravely speaking out we keep on putting out educational material and those who need to learn continue spreading the message, sharing the message. But then also we need to just simply look at it this way. Under our constitution, practice of any foreign law has been automatically banned. No foreign law is allowed to be practiced in America, especially if it goes against constitution or if it considers itself superior to constitution. We do have mosques 3,000 of them in America, practicing Sharia. What's the Sharia translation to English? Islamic laws. We are automatically 
letting what shouldn't happen happen. So again, we the people need to petition our government to enforce an existing law. Sharia cannot be practiced in America. But it is, especially, let's say, in a place like the Detroit area, right? Yes. Tell me about that. What's going on? Well, it used to be just Detroit, but now it's almost two-thirds of Michigan. Also, Minnesota, uh, where Representative Elhan Omer is representing, uh, actually, Minnesota has the highest percentage of convert Americans who joined ISIS. That is coming from Minnesota. So at, there was a point when Michigan was the most the scary one, but now it's Minnesota. And yes, but that's the thing. They are practicing it there because we are not pushing back. Because unfortunately, a lot of us kind of go with, oh, I'm not there. It's not my problem. Oh, Michigan is gone. Minnesota is gone. Oh, California is gone. We have given up. We can't. It's America. It doesn't matter which state, which city. It's America. When we have Rashida Tlaib running, but he was, she wasn't elected. She was selected because she had no opponent. No one ran against her. How do we let that happen? We can't let that happen, can we? We can't. As of today, we have got to stand up and push back. As I said, it's all right. Trust me, I received so, such fancy labels all day long. It's all right because when I go to bed, between me and God, I know I am doing what I can to the best of my ability as one individual to make a difference. Imagine if we all did that. Well, we're going to be entering a ramped up political season. What questions should we be asking candidates for office who adhere to Islam? Well, number one question, have you read the Quran? Okay. They cannot, when you are running for office, when you are taking on responsibility of representing and defending the people of this country in any shape or form, you cannot possibly side with a topic unless you're well-educated on it, right? So in order to understand Islam, you have got to read the Quran. If they haven't, then you give them a couple of verses to study. You have them read chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 9. These are the most important parts. The second question for them is, are you going to uphold our constitution when it comes to a conflict of an American law versus a cultural Sharia issue like child bride, female genital mutilation, honor killings? And then you hold them responsible for the answer they're giving you while campaigning. And those are questions you should ask in public, right? Absolutely. Yes, you have to, not only in public, make sure to have a record of it because okay. we know how politicians work. Yeah, we do. And what questions should we be asking the candidates who receive contributions from Muslim organizations? Well, I guess the first question is, are you accepting contribution as a favor that you need to return one day? Or are you accepting contribution because they support what you stand for? And the answer to both would be a bad news for us, because if a Muslim organization, let's say, care, if they stand by a politician or a candidate, we're in trouble. Because remember, what CARE does all day long is sue Americans to defend and further the Islamization. If they're taking contribution to return a favor in the future, again, we're in trouble because most likely they're going to elect another Sharia-obeying a uh, candidate like Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Keith Allison, Hussein Obama. So 
you make sure to follow the money, put them on the spot, ask them why they're accepting the contribution. And ask that in public once again. And keep a record of it. <laughs> right. Well, how can citizens know if the mosque in their community is radicalizing attendees, particularly young people? What do we need to look out for? Well, unfortunately, there isn't that much uh, citizens can do as far as knowing that information, but here are a few simple ways. Uh, go to the mosque, knock and go inside. Uh, the, the scenarios are when you go in, especially if you're a female, uh, see if they're going to let you go in without wearing a hijab. If they make you wear a hijab, that's when you catch them up. Wait, I thought there is no compulsion in religion. I thought hijab is a choice. I choose not to wear it. And when they kick you out of their mosque, then you have grounds to start an investigation for discrimination. That can be a good start for that mosque to be monitored or questioned, or at least you show them that you're paying attention. Annie, we know that government schools in America are brainwashing our kids to hate America and embrace communism, and they're not preparing our kids to be productive Americans. Along with that, the pandemic is triggering a Christian school home education movement. But as someone who has lived under tyranny in Iran, what must these Christian schools and what must homeschool parents and grandparents really hammer down on? Well, our Constitution, our founding fathers, our freedom, our liberty, and our history. When they try to tell our kids that President Lincoln was a Democrat, we bring up evidence and we show them that's not true. When they try to make your kids hate themselves simply for being white, you show them in the history of how many white men sacrifice their lives so we can have the freedom we have today. But you always and always go back to how our Constitution is the closest to perfection of freedom and liberty in the history of human society. Annie, thank you so much. I, I have this question. So a Muslim family moves next door to me. As a Christian, how should I respond? Neighbor, that's a tough one. As a Christian, I would say, Open a conversation with them. Let them know that you're not judging them, but you have concerns about the faith that they follow. Because a lot of time, your Muslim neighbor is going to say, what concern? What are you talking about? You're like, you know, Quran 551. They're like, what is it about? Yes, a lot of them have never read the Quran beyond their daily prayer or beyond what their imam preaches at the mosque. Let them know that you have nothing against them, but you have your concerns. And I, I'm not trying to give you false hope, but sometimes you might be able to open that conversation to where you might actually end up with your, you know, reborn Christian neighbor instead of the Muslim neighbor. It could happen. We serve a God who created the heaven and the earth, so we can't give up hope, but we should also have our radar up too, right? Exactly. We can't give up. They are just like us. I have always said the number one victims of Islam are Muslims. We need to be there for them if their hearts and ears and eyes are open. We can't give up on them either. So just open a conversation. Don't attack them. Be clear. You don't know them. You have nothing against them. But there are certain concerns about their faith that you like to discuss with them. Give them a chance to 
either hear your side or give them a chance to realize they're not following what they think following. All right. Thank you so much. Annie Cyrus, once again, how can people connect with Annie Cyrus in your ministries? Well, appreciate the opportunity and liveuptofreedom.com. That's liveuptofreedom.com. Okay. And the Glass Off Gang, uh, if people want to follow that? Uh, they can find Glass Off Gang on my website, but if you want to go to Rumble and look up, look up the Glass Off Gang, that's G-L-A-Z-O-V, Glass Off Gang, that will be available on Rumble. All right. Thank you so much. Annie Cyrus, God bless you and all your work. And thank you folks for tuning in. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.